0: Featuring the imagination of a venture capitalist, enticing a potential partner, or attracting talent, CEOs need to be able to tell their company's stories effectively. In his new book, Winners Have a Story, Giuseppe Marzio discusses how CEOs can turn complex science and technology into compelling tales. Marzio, who worked as a scientist in biopharma before launching a communications agency, comes to his interest in storytelling honestly. Growing up with a love for the cinema, he had dreams of becoming a filmmaker and has studied the structure of stories. We spoke to Marzio, founder of the communications agency Chiaro, about his new book, Why a Good Pitch Shares a Common Structure with Novels and Movies, and Why a Company's Strategy and Story are Inextricably Linked. Giuseppe, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, Danny, for having me. It's a privilege.
0: We're going to talk about your new book, Winners Have a Story Storytelling and Why It Matters for the Life Science Executives. Before we do that, though, I'd like to start with you. How did you go from having a PhD in molecular genetics and doing research for biopharmaceutical companies to founding a communications agency?
1: It all started. Six years ago in New York City, where I had a life-changing experience. But but before that, let me take a step back. Uh, I don't know if you remember any of your childhood dreams, Danny. Uh, I remember one dream in particular, and I always wanted to be a movie director. Yeah, like a, a real movie director, make movies. I I grew up in Italy, and uh, my my family at the time lived near a park. Which was home to a, an open air cinema during the summer month. So every evening they would show they would show a new movie. Uh, I was ten years old, and for me that was paradise. Uh, actually, it would have been paradise if any of us kids <laughs> had the money for it. <laughs> so I mean, what what did we do instead? Is at, at dusk we would hide in in the bushes surrounding the the cinema. And then once the lights were off, we tried to, to sneak inside. And and somehow, miraculously, we made it almost every time. And, and of course, later in life, I, I met again the owner of the cinema, and, and he told me that he had known about our little operation the whole time and, and he just let us watch the movies anyway. So, Joe, so,
0: in Cinema Paradiso, he becomes a movie director, not a life science communicator.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah similar story, different endings. So, you know, Joe's Alien, Star Wars, those were the titles at the time. I watched them all and, and it was awesome. Until my own life took a a, a, a different turn, my parents got divorced and we had to move to a new home, which was far away from the park, from my friends, and, and from the movies, from, from the cinema. And and you know, how things happen. life got got serious. I, I got a PhD, I started working in, in biotech, I, I had a family, I, I had a mortgage, all of a sudden. I, w- I was a grown up, but I still felt uh, this, this, this. This dream to to make movies, to make my own stories, and which brings me to the the day in New York. So I was there for business, and I had planned to attend a workshop by this Robert McKee. I, I don't know if, if you're familiar with the guy. That he me? is a,
0: a screenwriter. Uh, teaches screenwriting.
1: Yeah, that's, that's that's exactly. The story? Yeah. yeah, and in and in in, in the sector, he is considered one of the of of the best. The best of the best, actually, for screenwriting. And uh, you know that that day was a life changing experience. You know McKee spoke for for the whole day about how to write a story, story structures, and, and especially all the movies that I loved, the movies from my childhood and, and, and he spoke about how the art and science of, of, of storytelling can be applied to, to bring value to anything. Even and especially to to a complex business like like ours. So on that day after the workshop, I decided I would uh, I would do something finally about this childhood dream, and I would dedicate the rest right, of so my career to storytelling. I first practiced for a few years at Johnson and Johnson. I was working there for a long time in strategic communications, and then and then I founded my own company. And okay, I didn't get to become a Hollywood director. But, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty close. I get to work and create stories for some amazing entrepreneurs with fantastic ideas and technology. And, and, and to me, that's what my childhood dream was, was really all about.
0: Well, We're in the midst of a difficult financing environment right now. There's a lot of competition to get investors' attention. Complex science doesn't always lend itself to a short and easy pitch. What's the heavy lifting a story needs to do and has the importance of this intensified in the current environment?
1: Oh, it's it's indeed a very difficult moment, as you say, Danny, also for the biotech, and especially if you need funding right now. And and many CEOs are finding it hard, very hard sometimes to get to get hurt by investors to get their attention and and science and data are not enough, especially in the early phase of your interaction with VCs, with investors, when they need to decide whether something is worth their attention and their time. And and this is where the story really makes a difference because the story you pitch creates an emotional and logical connection to your mission in, in, in your audience. It it will help investors understand uh, what's at the heart of your business, and uh, and investors know that a, a good story is a powerful predictor of success. As they say, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. Get going.
0: The importance of CEOs being able to craft and tell their story doesn't just matter from a fundraising perspective, but You make the case it matters for being able to develop partnerships, uh, attract and retain and motivate employees as well. Can you explain?
1: Yeah, sure. I I, I know it's a lot, of course. But when you are the CEO, investors are just one of your audiences, even if you're focusing on, on fundraising. Funding is important, of course, but most biotech CEOs, At a certain point, we'll try to find partners to to co-develop their drugs or their technology or or to license their their product. So they're going to meet big pharma leaders. And and when they meet those people, it's not going to be about just the technology. These guys want to understand whether your your strategy and your vision and and your values even align with, with those of their own company they want to feel this 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 match that working with you is going to be is going to be mutually beneficial and you need a story for that you know data and science will not be enough and and you mentioned employees and um, and we know that people are are quitting their job at record levels these days and i just read a mckinsey publication the other day that two out of five employees are considering leaving their job the next Three to six months. Wow, that's incredible. So if you want to retain great people, if you want to attract great, great people, you're gonna need an inspiring story for them. And not only for the scientists, also for the best business developers, the partner, patent attorneys, and and anybody who you need to join to to have in your adventure to make your company a success and the world a healthier place.
0: In this short conversation, you've already Said twice that data isn't enough, science isn't enough. Biopharma is very much a data-driven business. Hmm. Why is compelling science and data not enough to attract investors?
1: So uh, let, uh, let me speak out of personal, exp- my personal experience. In my in a person, in my corporate career, uh, I've been at the receiving end of many presentations by by very promising entrepreneurs, scientists, startups. And they all had very sophisticated and complex science. And I'm a scientist myself. So, so you know, the easiest way to say after such a pitch was, thank you very much. It was very interesting. Let's reconnect. Let's reconnect when you have more data, when you're science, when you have more science, when you have a stronger IP, when those final results come in, let's reconnect later, you know? You get the point: "Ouch, Nobody wants to hear that at the end of their pitch. And, and you know, data and science are, are not enough. And every winning pitch needs certain ingredients, actually four ingredients, and, and, and they were described already more than 2,000 years ago by Aristotle. You need that, of course, but you need trust, emotional connection and urgency. Four elements. And of these four, urgency is the most important in your pitch, in your story. And it's also the, the most challenging to, to create. And, and we see it every time we hear a CEO pitch. You know, investors see hundreds of pitches just like, 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 like yours when you are the CEO. And why should they do anything about it? You know, now, why now? And, and if you go to the to the website of Sequoia Capital, the, the some 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 leaders in in the, in the investor world, they say if you're preparing, if, if you're coming to pitch your idea to us, to Sequoia, be prepared to answer this question. Why now? So very important.
0: You say People often mistakenly think of storytelling as marketing. You say a company's story is its strategy. What's the relationship between a company's story and its strategy?
1: Um, to me, marketing is something we do afterwards. Now, we have made certain choices, certain strategic choices. We now have a strategy, we have a vision, we have a product. So now, how do we put it out there in the world in the most efficient way, in, in, in a way that will reach uh, as many people as possible? So that is marketing, something you do afterwards. A story happens for me before. It, it, it's about making those strategic choices. You know, Where is our place in the world as a company? What do we want to be known for? What are we not going to do? because it's not part of our strategy. So in a way, when you build this story, you are working on your strategy. And if you cannot articulate your strategy clearly, that's an almost certain sign that you don't have a clear strategy.
0: You've already talked (laughs) about Aristotle and Robert McKee. These are two masters of the structure of story. When, when you talk about stories from a, a life science company perspective, what do you mean about story, and why are those stories like novels and and, and films and plays in, in terms of their structure?
1: Yeah. Um, have you have you have you read the book uh, *Sapiens* by Harari? No. No. Okay, it's it, it's a great book, and and in this book, Harari says that. What makes us humans, what makes us humans so successful is our ability to, to share stories. You know, we share stories that, and millions of individuals will, will, will get them, will get excited about them and will share them. You know, we are the only species who, who can do that. And so take, take, uh, I don't know, a, a concept like, uh, take Harvard University, you know, when you when what is the story of Harvard University? When, when, we, when, when we say Harvard University, most of us will think, I don't know, hard work, success, elite, these kind of things. That is the story we, we have been telling each other about Harvard. But Harvard in reality is, is just a building, a series of buildings at a certain location in the US with a number of, of contracts in place to keep the thing running. So This is what the story of Harvard is. And and it's it's the same for everything. The same is true for for our our nations, our religions, our institutions. Those are stories we created and we keep sharing. So, Harari says that stories are really how we make sense of the world, how we understand the world. And guess what? The world includes also biotech companies. So, they better have a, a very good story.
0: Some some people may think of a a PR company as the place responsible for crafting a story. You say it's actually the CEO's responsibility. Why is that?
1: Uh, yeah, of course, a, a, a PR agency is very useful, and especially with a with a with a mature company, large company, you you need support for that. But but there are two critical roles for the CEO when it comes to the to the company story. And those are not roles that, that you can outsource. So the first role is that of the CEO as the owner of the story. And, and Ben Horowitz, the legendary co-founder of Anderson and Horowitz uh, once said that the company story is the company's strategy and i say this often i think so if you make your story better you make your strategy better and, and you know when you are the ceo strategy is your responsibility you cannot delegate it to a pr agency the second responsibility is that of the ceo as the chief storyteller of the company so the one who is primarily responsible for for, for sharing the company story with, with the world. As the CEO, the, the CEO is the person that the colleagues, partners and investors will expect to, to hear the story from, especially investor, investors, because they, they want to see the CEO in action. You know, they know that this is an excellent way to assess leadership and, and communication skills. And it's also a very strong predictor of success. So this is another thing you cannot pay a PR agency to do for you when you are the CEO.
0: One of the critical pieces of advice you offer is that companies need to aim to change the world, not just pitch products. Why is that?
1: Again, this is based on on real life. Now, if if we look around us in in today's world, the, the most successful and most admired companies the most inspiring entrepreneurs and, and leaders are are not trying to sell us a product. There are so many products already out there, so many technologies you know who cares They seem to be on a mission to make the world a better place thanks to their technology, thanks to their big idea product or product so of course Steve Jobs and apple come come to mind they are not there to sell computers they want to uh, to unleash human creativity with tools that are easier to use and, and and elegant as well elon musk and tesla same thing not building better rockets but dreaming of creating a, what, do you, what do you call it? the multi-planetary civilization <laughs> how cool is that wow so that that's a big story that's a big vision a big mission and When I in my work with biotech CEOs, especially European, I must say, uh, one objection I hear regularly is that you know how can I, how can I, how can I pitch something so big? How can I say I want to change the world? You know, I'm, I'm my product, I'm so far away from having a product on the market, and perhaps it will never reach the market. You know, and the thing is, of course, that we know that you are not there and it's not going to be easy we know that and we can live with that but we need to hear a story to get excited you know a story for me is is like a bridge we are in the present here and we need to go to this future and there is a, a, a big gap between in between with a with a big river and how do we how do you take us there you need a bridge for that and and this story this bridge allows us to experience today you know what the world is gonna look like in the future thanks to your technology
0: we talked about the structure of a story you 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 talk about a three-act structure what what is a three-act structure for a a biotech story
1: um there are many ways to organize a story a complex complex information and uh including science, and this is true for a book, a movie, or, or, or a, comp- a company presentation, but actually there is one structure that is most used in storytelling because, because it's so damn effective. And this is what we refer to as the three-act structure because it has three acts, three parts. So act one is is the typically the, the setup of the story, the introduction of, of the character in every story. You know, it's... Nothing happened, nothing important happens. It's uh, once upon a time, the framing. Act two is the, the middle part, the shift, the surprise, something happens, uh, something, something unexpected, sometimes dramatic, and that changes the energy of the story. It forces the hero of the story to go into action. And this is the part we love. This is why we, we go to the movies. This shift, this struggle of the hero. So most of the story, takes place in the second act. And finally, there's a, a third act, the solution of the struggle, the resolution of this situation, where the hero confronts the problem and may or may not solve it. But always learn something in the process. The hero is changed at the end of the story. And so are we, the audience. We we learn something from movies, from books, from stories. And, and that changes up, us too. And. Uh, so this is this is the this is the structure, and it applies also to fundraising storytelling.
0: Stories have heroes. Who is the hero of a life science pitch?
1: Who is the hero of a life science pitch? Uh, very important point, Danny. And and uh, I see so many CEOs and so many companies getting this wrong, and and often the the bigger the company the more difficult it becomes to, to, to have the right hero for the story. So who should be the hero? The hero, by definition, is the character that is gonna solve the problem, that is gonna fix the situation. Um, for instance, Kill Bill uh, is one of my favorite movies. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. and In, in, in Kill Bill, Um, The hero of Kill Bill is The Bride. It's played by Uma Thurman. And and she wakes up from a coma and realizes that her ex-boyfriend, ex-lover Bill has tried to kill her and has killed her her family and her child. So Bill is bad. Bill is causing a lot of pain and a problem. And and, and the bride is going to fix this. She's going to kill Bill. So this is the, the plot of the story of the movie, and the bride is the hero. And the interesting part is, and I don't know how you feel about it when you go to the movies, but when I when I watch a movie like Kill Bill or any other good action movie, I get very excited. My children get even more excited. <laughs> so we, we feel like we, at the moment we are Fighting. I feel like I'm fighting Bill myself. And, you know, I don't look like Uma Thurman at all. Uh, and that's the thing with, with good stories. The audience identifies with the hero. They become the hero of the story. And that's what you should try to achieve also with your own company story. Don't make uh, your company the hero because you are not going to solve the problem yourself. You need an audience for that. You need investors who are gonna invest in your company and solve the problem. You're gonna need other companies that will license your technology and solve the problem. You're gonna need uh, 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 doctors and hospitals buying your technology and help you solve the problem. So those are, your audience is the ear of the company story, always.
0: What advice would you offer to a CEO putting together their story and testing whether it's coherent and compelling?
1: Uh, I have an an effective but perhaps challenging exercise to to suggest to these CEOs. I'd say pick five people you trust and, and ask them individually this question. If you were to introduce my company to a colleague, What would you say in one sentence? And and have them write it in an email. So choose five people with different viewpoints and different different people. For instance, you could choose a member of of a leadership team or an, an employee, perhaps a scientist, or an investor who has already invested in you, a fellow CEO, an advisor, five different people. Then write down these very short stories about your company and add your own. And, and perhaps you can copy your own story from from the first slide of your pitch take or for or from the landing page of your website, and then ask yourself, "What do I see what are these stories the same? Are they different? Is there a, a common theme emerging and 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 if not, try to improve it. And come back to I suggest to to come back to to do this exercise regularly every few weeks and see how your story is is evolving and how are you succeeding in making sure that people really get it consistently
0: Your book is written for CEOs but is there something you think investors can take away from it
1: ah good question and actually I had many investors read it and uh, um, I would say my book will give investors, will help investors give better feedback when they hear a pitch, after they hear a pitch, actionable feedback. Because there is, there is one thing that VCs or investors in general sometimes find challenging, especially if they decided not to invest in a company. And that is. Putting into words what they, what they, what they, what they realized, what they felt when they heard the pitch, you know, structuring their feedback in a way that is going to be uh, useful for the, for the presenter. And, and one of of the VCs who read my book made the the following comment and I'm just reading from, from the book. As a life sciences VC, I know that I'm not what I'm looking for, but expressing that to the presenting CEOs with my words is another thing altogether. So I'd say this is, want to give better feedback? Read my book.
0: Giuseppe Marzio, founder of the communications agency Chiaro and author of Winners Have a Story, How CEOs Can Turn Complex Science and Technology into Irresistible Fundraising Pitches. Giuseppe, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Danny, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much.